The 20 Something Creative Podcast is a conversation with artists in their 20s. It's a place for people who don't have their ish together yet, but they're on their way. We talk about the struggles of being a creative, the creative process, and building your own road to success. Today, my guest is David Town, an actor out of LA. His recent work includes Sad Orangutan's Rubber Bank, a USC graduate thesis film, and an independent Chicago series called Anytown USA. You can check out his work in the links down below. going man dude it's good man how are you i'm good i'm good so uh we'll start from the beginning how did you get started uh so i got started i guess relatively late compared to a lot of um actors i meet i guess uh i had to to like sorry full disclosure i had to like write out we so there you provided me a few questions ahead of time and i was like okay i can compile my thoughts and i was like um oh wow okay if i go back and look at it 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 makes a lot more sense that I got into acting. Um, the 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 arts, I guess, are kind of like a hobby on my dad's side. Like my my grandpa was an actor in college. My grandmother taught drama before they met at like grad school. Um, my dad like has been an opera singer in his spare time for like mine for like the last almost thirty years. So I kind of grew up around an arts um, welcoming mm-hmm. background, but never really like with any artists, like people who were actively like doing it for a living. Um, uh, it was really, I was really into drawing as a kid. I was really into visual arts and I didn't really get it. I didn't really perform until high school. And uh, I kind of started out, of ne- it started out of class, like out of necessity, you know, reading Shakespeare aloud with, um, other people in the class then next year i started doing i started learning how to shoot and edit video uh in high you school? had to yeah like this is the end in high school so that was uh what that was really did you like, go to <laughs> it was a uh, lawrence north high school in uh suburban indianapolis um we had a really we had a, we had this really great um yeah like it was kind of like a, there were you know you, you had the yearbook kids or you had the newspaper kids we were the school news kids oh, okay. and before you did the yeah so i by my senior year i was like anchoring the school news and and doing a very serious reading of the day's events and everybody else is just there to have fun and i'm like taking it way too seriously um, <laughs> you were that but, voice like in the end in the end of uh in the end of the day it was like oh for the school news we have oh basically yeah it was like we started the day it was it was uh it was we had the news we had um and then we had sports highlights and then we would do to for filler around like third period or like three quarters of the way through the day you know you'd you'd put on some like really stupid videos or that we'd shoot like skits and stuff but i I got me writing skits and and i guess kind of doing comedy for the first time Mm -hmm. and uh so i that same year i did i co-wrote a play for my english class uh, we had this program called Meeting of the Minds. So every um, every spring, this one English teacher would split up her classes into um, four casts that would write a play um, comprised of characters that are all dead. And they're supposed to be, with the idea being like, these are really cool people. So I was Richard Nixon. And right. I think it was the, the plot was something like um, we were a Boy Scout troop. And everyone and people started going missing. And of course it was me. I was like kidnapping and abducting and killing people. <laughs> um, 
Good start. Like in our group, yeah, exactly. In our group, we had um, we had like John Wayne, um, Red Fox, and Heath Ledger. So like, <laughs> that's wide a very weird <laughs> Oh, and Julia Child. Julia Child was there as well. But I did the. I had a Richard Nixon. I you know. I did my Richard Nixon uh, impression. <laughs> it was. I was dyed my hair black, slicked it back. It was. Uh, it was great. Um, and I remember the next. So in that same, also in that same year, same teacher uh, offered a boatload of extra credit if you did speech team so of course everyone in class did speech team because it meant we could slack off and and uh but it was it ended, i ended up sticking with that for the next for the rest of high school and was a captain by my senior year um junior year i saw i remember seeing a school production of oliver and i was like oh that looks kind of fun um and then so I'd been drawing, I'd been doing art for my entire life and like, and it was getting closer to like, you know, you should be like thinking about what you want to do for college. And I was like, I have no clue. Um, Cause what I wanted to be when I went into high school was a, was a car designer. It was kind of like my life went in stages up until that point. I had wanted to be a children's book illustrator. Then I wanted to draw comic books and then I got into cars and I'm still obsessed with cars. So I wanted to like, to go to um, Art Center College of Design here in LA and and uh, and study that. Dude, that's um, awesome. That's like the, it, honestly, like this is the first time I'm um, hearing someone say, "I want to be a car designer." Like usually, it's like, yeah. "I want to be an architect," "I want to be a doctor, lawyer, like financial advisor, whatever." But like, you know, car designer. Mm-hmm. That's it cool. Was, yeah, I mean, I found myself drawing a lot more old cars, though. I wasn't really like. Like I have some, I, I have some really, really cool drawings of like concepts and stuff, but I was focused more on the, the detail of like rendering an old photo, fo- like an old photograph and like doing the sketch. So I was really, I don't know if I was meant to be a designer, but I, I, I'm a damn good drawer. I can, I'm a really good sketch artist, but so I started, th- but I thought I was, I've always been into movies and I was like, well, you know, I'd started riding around. I'd been, you know, I'd been riding around this time, and I'm like, but I got real joy out of that. So I was like, oh, you know, maybe I'll go into ride. I wasn't super confident, so I'm like, oh, maybe I'll go into like riding. And I, I remember I looked up like the USC um, film studies major, or the, there was film production, and then they had a screenwriting major. And I was like, that's I, I should do that. And I, I brought it up to my mom, and she's like. Oh, but that's California. That's so far. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe I, maybe I don't go to California. Um, <laughs> that was quick. So I, yeah, I was, like, I was like, okay. I wasn't like shut down, but I was like, oh, okay, maybe it's maybe there are maybe there are thresholds. And uh, I uh, I did this one act play called the Tarantino Variation. Um, it was a three person Mexican standoff. We were all wearing suits. It was a time. <laughs> it was a time, and it was awesome. That and I fun. think that was I that was definitely when the acting bug bit because the next next year I was like starring in both the main stage shows. So the, so where did so, where did you end up uh going for college? I want I knew I needed to get out of Indiana. That was first and foremost. There is there is no there's not uh even to this day there's there's not there's arts. I should I shouldn't disparage the great Midwest, but um it it just there wasn't any theater there wasn't any film there still isn't any film or in theater there's like three three or four theaters and they're they don't attract the same crowds you know so i knew i needed to go someplace and it was gonna be is 
I was thinking Chicago. I was like, okay, Chicago's close. I'll be close to my family, yada, yada. Um, I didn't get into Northwestern University. That was my first choice. If I, I remember touring there and being like, okay, I could do theater. I could do film. This is great. Um, but I did get into Loyola University of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's where, so that became my home. So what, yes, program, so what program did you do? I was a, I was a theater major. Um, I came in as a theater major and political science major. And by my junior year, I think I dropped that to a political science minor. Cause I was like, I very, I immediately knew I did not like the political science major, but I was like, Oh, I should have a backup. Uh, you know, yeah. I the backup. Yeah. Everybody. <laughs> now, did your parents make you do the backup or did you yourself want to do a backup? Uh, definitely, definitely the parents. My mom's a lawyer and she was like, well, you know, and she's like, you like politics? Why don't you go into, uh, to a kid? I was like, yeah. oh. I was like, I don't like politics. I, I do like politics. Now I like politics, but that wasn't, I mean, I listened to NPR as a kid. So I, I guess it was right. destined to like politics. No, I totally feel that because like, uh, my, my parents, they're like, oh, you should have a backup. And from mm-hmm. all the things I chose, like communications, like the most, Uh-oh. the most thing that is like, that I hate, that I hate the least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? The safest, the safest bet though. But like, were they, what did, what are their backgrounds? Like, what did they, did they do communications or? Is... Oh no, my, my parents, like, uh, my dad's a retired cop and my mom, she has like five six different professions she's a cosmetologist massage therapist she like her first um her first education was she was a oh man uh she's gonna hate me that i don't know the exact title of this but it's like an architect essentially okay Um, but like my mom my mom's badass but she she has a bunch of bunch of different uh, things that she learned but um it's just like it's instilled in I feel like it's instilled in that generation of parents to have a backup, to have like that safety, um, mm-hmm. you know, that you can always go back to. And it's also a thing of parents, you know, because we like we're talking right now, we're like, oh, we're going to let our parent let our uh, kids do whatever they want. We're going to give them freedom. But in reality, like, oh, man, I wish my kid would, you know, have a job and have enough money yeah. and have a place to live. So I, I th- that's really interesting you say that that it's like it's this yeah i definitely felt that growing up where there was like you know you you know you see you feel it and you feel your parents wanting you to have all this freedom and stuff yet they're structuring your life in such a way where you're like being shuttled kind of from different activities and it's like you're you're everything is scheduled and like it's great and you you get to have a like my dad, when he was, uh, I remember my dad saying like, yeah, when I was a kid, we just kind of like rolled, you know, we just rode around on our bikes and stuff and, and hung out in the neighborhood. And I was like, you mean you didn't go to swim lessons and you didn't go to sports camp in the summer and you didn't do like, and you're making me do this. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, it was like a, it was like a what? And he's like, well, it was different then it was safer. And I'm like, what does that mean? Like no one's abducting (laughs) anybody here. Um, it was, uh, that's interesting though um so how yeah, did you uh so when did you when did you finish uh loyola i grad, graduated in 2016 and then i stayed in chicago for the next uh two years doing um around senior year i started like kind of dipping my toe into auditioning for theater and stuff outside 
um, outside the school, which is where I met our friend uh, Michael. So mm-hmm. shout which out to he, Michael. He will also be on this podcast shortly. He, he is. Oh, my God. He's the greatest person. Um, but around, so I did lots of theater and improv. I'm still taking like, acting class, even though I wasn't in school. It's like you obviously got to keep, you know, you keep limber with your skill set. Right, right. Uh, so when yeah, did you so when was, did you move to LA? I moved to LA June 29th of this of 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what so. what made you decide on that move? And like, how did that all come about? And how did you like prepare for it? You know, did it was it like something that you expected? Or was completely different than what you expected? Mm, okay. I mean, I guess I'll start with uh, how it came about was so I was in Chicago, and I just I, I felt um, like a lot of good things had happened, like it, but it, everything was happening so slower than I wanted it to. And, uh, and I guess that was frustrating. So I felt very frustrated, even though I had an agent, I had booked my first uh, co-star on Chicago Fire. I was, I was supporting myself. I was like, in theory, I was doing, I was being successful. I was doing things, but you know, I was, I was only... I was kind of like dwelling on my failures and I was like, well, uh, and I was frustrated with like the theater I was doing. Cause I was like, I'm just doing these, the- these shows, no one's seeing. And, um, but really I knew I wanted to do film and TV. I've always wanted to do film. And, uh, that wasn't in around the, around, uh, spring of uh, fall, spring of 2018, a lot of stuff was getting canceled or it wasn't getting renewed, even just the TV in town. So we were going from like nine shows to like six. Um, mm-hmm. So it was looking kind of, it wasn't looking great for the on-camera work. And I was like, all right. And um, around the time the, the URTA uh, grad school auditions rolled through, uh, I got like a, a message from this uh, uh, school in LA that was like a two-year Stella Adler Conservatory. And I was like, okay, I'll audition for that. They have a, it looks like they have a good curriculum. It kind of reminded me of um, the the semester of conservatory exposure I had when I studied in London in 2014, mm-hmm. which like changed my life, which was the greatest um, greatest time of my life because that just had like a really profound um, way on uh, uh, effect on like how I viewed myself and like how I viewed the work and right. uh, went about it, um, the mindset, but. See, so I auditioned for this school and I got in, you know, I got in around March. At the end of April, I moved back to Indianapolis. There'd recently been a death in the family. Um, uh, so it, it kind of worked out well that I was there for some time, got to, um, got to see people and, and, uh, and uh, I guess, you know, make sure everyone's okay and getting through it. And then I was applying to casting assistantships and doing like linkedin work i've never done so much linkedin work in my life i feel so sorry (laughs) have you no and i've been i've been avoiding it like a plague man i've been just i've been afraid of uh i don't know i have this weird feeling that you know as soon as i start applying for regular jobs or like jobs on like indeed or or linkedin i will get sucked into this like nine nine to five and i will just not have time to do any of this creative stuff and i'm just like i've been avoiding it so hard well i think you're i think that's a that's really smart because i will just say i've noticed like i've 
you I've watched people who they just get bogged down in their uh, in their career adjacent job and they're like you know they feel connected because they're they're you know they're answering phones for somebody important and it's like no that's that's but like you come home exhausted and then you don't write or you don't um you're not working on you're not directing working on your next directing project and but yes i just i was doing all these things because i i was like planning i i'm a planner so i was i was uh i was researching like neighborhoods to live in and possible jobs to work at so it was anything from like casting um to um to restaurant work like just you know june 25th i started i drove out i loaded up my car and i drove out to la and it took uh, it took four days because i was by myself so i didn't want to drive more than like eight hours a day and, and like risk you know right falling asleep at the wheel or something and then I got out here. I lined up when when plans to to move out here with a, a one of my fraternity brothers fell through. Um, like two days later, I found an apartment. Really, and I found my current place and really dig it. It's a good central location. By the way, for like all the people that want to move to LA, what are the cost uh, costs of living and and like what is the cost of like a average I don't know one bedroom, two bedroom, or a studio it's it's crazy the dis the cost disparity is insane so i have a, a place that's cheaper than most but for from what i gather it sounds like most of my friends are paying around um a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars for a month for either two bedroom or maybe they live with uh two other people some people have a studio that's like and uh, studios the 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 grossest roach infested studio starts at like 800 mm -hmm. and uh, uh utilities kind of the same as any place you're going to find it so that jumps everything up uh, uh not a lot of places have air conditioning mine doesn't but i managed we had four heat waves last summer and i survived all those so i feel pretty empowered <laughs> with that it's it's crazy you're not going to get a lot of square footage mm-hmm a lot of people, a lot of uh, a lot of actors, a lot of creatives live up in the valley because it's a little bit cheaper. But even then, I find like my friends who live up there are paying more than I do, and I live in, I live kind of east of Culver City, like south of Hollywood or Mid Wilshire, Fairfax, north of Inglewood. So I live in Mid City. And it's like kind of east of Culver, and twenty minutes south of Hollywood, I can get on the ten freeway and get out to Malibu where I work in about. 45 minutes on average uh, at night it's like 20 um and so that's really and helpful. by the way so another question is like so you have a day job right mm -hmm. yeah so what's the day sure. job my day job is uh so going back to being a car guy um a car guy who did a bunch of restaurant work and kind of like internalized all the problems of dealing with customers and stuff uh now i'm a valet and i literally it's it's it dude it's great as a as a day job it's it's incredible because you're active you're moving around a lot but you're not um you're you're interfacing with people a little bit but it's it's usually just kind of chit chat and it's not um it's not very transactional you're not like you don't need anything from them you just give them their car and you park their car Right, and, and you don't get to yeah, and you and then you're in the car and they're gone and they're not, they're not in your face. So, 
Yeah, exactly. And like, I love people. I love like, I love small talk, but sometimes I remember working as like a, as a server and bartender and just being like, oh, wow, why do I feel really negative right now? And it's because, you know, this person didn't tip you well, or they said something rude, or you found out like your coworker got harassed and you're just like, you're internalizing all of this negative stuff that that comes into your workplace and here i'm like i'm in a parking lot it's outside i'm in malibu it's gorgeous every day and like that's had a really profound effect on uh, my mood and um plus i get to drive like really cool cars and that's well, right yeah yeah, yeah. so what, what would feet, you say but... what would you say like if you would put in a list of like top three coolest day jobs that would let you have like flexible schedule and they wouldn't you know affect your emotional life what would those be oh for sure um i would say valet is my number one a lot of people don't give a shit about cars and i'm like you shouldn't do this then let it let it go to the car nerds um i know a lot of actors are doing wag now and that seems like to be is that uh is that uh dog walking i believe yeah that's exactly it it's dog walking and it's like i didn't know that was a thing until i moved here but like everyone has dogs it's so busy and i guess it's a good way to meet people i don't i can't comment on that there's still it's still a great town to be a server in and um there's tons of restaurants tons of um so there it, that should be flexible and you can make i've talked to servers who work like two days a week here and they make enough to get you know they make well enough to take to get by hmm. let's see some people do the whole personal assistant thing I think that kind of goes back to what you were saying, though, of uh, of doing that thing that's going to sap your creative energy or your um, literally just your time because you're constantly on call. And right. There needs there should be a separation. There a, a good a healthy separation. If your day job isn't directly what you want to be doing, I think is is important. Right. Um, I mean, I like yeah. right now. I'm trying to find a job that would somehow be linked to the business like it doesn't have to be i don't know like acting but something that is connected to the business i don't know like editing or like mm. i'm doing a lot of pa work right now um just something that's connected so i don't have a feeling like i'm just wasting my time doing something i don't like to do yeah so with with the pa work I, we were talking earlier you said about um you said you're making good connections, but is it, are you finding that it's it at all um, fulfilling or is it just kind of like a... Well, uh, here's the thing, like, um, in my experience, and I've, and I've been doing PA work for like a month and a half, so um, I've done about six gigs, I think, so far. Um, the first few times are essentially like being an extra like you are just like the lowest of the low i mean don't get me wrong what i do like about um crew work um compared to like actor work is that there's a lot less ego and everybody's yeah. very helpful and everybody's very nice and and you know they will they will not just be like hey get me coffee it's like hey can you please you know give me a cup of coffee or hey can you please do this and you know what i mean Everybody's super yeah. nice. Uh, everybody's really caring, and 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 they respect you. You know, and, and they they respect the work that you do. Um, 
So, but definitely like the first couple of times are really hard. You know, sometimes it's a big set, sometimes it's a smaller set, but you still don't know a lot of things. And then also you're afraid of messing up because it's like literally like thousands of dollars of worth of production and, and time and, and you're new and you just feel like you don't know anything. Um, oh, and then, that's funny. It's my, my roommate. So, uh, my, one of my current roommates now, I live with two other people, but one of them is, a uh, works for product. She's just moved to town like a couple months ago and she works for, a um, uh, Paramount in production. And it's, it's crazy. Just the costs she talks, she runs the, she runs the office and she just talks about like the, the nitpicky costs of, yeah, like getting coffee and um printing fees and like she's she has to run point for all of the pas who are like scrambling to to make these like you know to get crafty and she's like sending people out on store runs mm -hmm. there is so much uh effort that it takes to to keep these sets running and it's a lot it's of effort kind of, and a lot of yeah. like resources and a lot of money mm -hmm. um yeah but it's yeah, really like it's, inspiring to be honest and i love and every time i'm on set i'm just like oh god everybody came together to do to oh god to, to make this thing and and to do that and then it's kind of funny because you're just like okay to to make to make this to make this short film we needed um 18 bananas you know uh three bags of, of trail mix and then you start to like you're like oh my god how much coffee did we go through in this in this five-day shoot Right, exactly. You're trying to right. count the budget, and it's just like it's crazy. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah. to like finish the question is, um, it's not like in the first couple of times, it's not really rewarding because you don't feel, I guess, important. As I would say, like you don't feel like, like you're learning, but it's, it's pretty, it's stuff that you sort of already know. You just don't have it in in a habit, but. Um, like yesterday, for example, for the past two days, I've been working on this set for a commercial and, and I got really lucky because I've been put, um, for camera assistant, like camera PA. So oh, awesome. I actually got to learn uh, a little bit about camera work. Like, uh, like pulling focus or, um, uh, well, essentially what I, what I've done, I've, uh, I was setting up monitors and, uh, I've been doing script notes and I've been helping with getting equipment and you get to be with the team that I was with the focus puller and with another camera assistant who was, um, getting the lenses, getting the equipment ready. Um, and you know, the, the DP, um, so I got to be really close with the director uh, and DP and I mean like not close like buddy buddy but close meaning mm -hmm. like proximity and I got to see their work and what they talk about and it's a nice it's a nice thing where you get to be around it and get to learn and they're super nice so like any questions I had they they answered them so you know you start to get you start to get more experience and then you feel like oh, okay I'm I'm progressing somewhere you know I'm not mm -hmm. I'm not like the lowest of the low anymore um, you know I'm progressing so so it's 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 like it's I feel like it's a nice stepping stone and you do meet people like you meet you meet sound people you meet light people uh you meet other PAs who are probably like you um who are just like younger younger guys who um who want to make their own content so mm -hmm. it's definitely nice cuz you can collaborate later so I mean the the more the yeah the most as much as you can absorb 
you know, and just putting yourself in like a, an atmosphere of growth is so important. I think wherever, wherever you are in your career, right. Um, that's, and it's either, if you're not, uh, so it sounds like you, you, you've, you're fine. You found that. And like, I think it's, it's about creating that for yourself. Well, you don't yeah, it, find, but it's yeah. still, it's still weird. Um, it's still weird. I don't know. Personally for me, it's still a weird struggle of, um, between doing the work for somebody else and doing the work for yourself, the work that you want to do. So true. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause like, I don't know how you feel, but like when I was in Chicago, I was doing, I was auditioning for these things, but I'm, I'm auditioning for them. And I catch myself thinking like, I don't really care about this project and I'm just doing this to get to the next thing, which leads to the next thing, to the next thing. And then I get to do what I want to do. Exactly. You know, and that, I don't know. I don't know. How, how, how do you feel about that? I hear it. It's, it's, you do this. I think we, as actors, it, do this thing where we like we kind of like trick ourselves into um and they're like oh this would this would be good because of this so i will do this and our hearts aren't in it and i'm i'm so guilty of that of like you know i you do something because you're like okay this will this will lead to or i go to this audition because i think it um because this director looks like they're about to do some big things and you know this idea yeah i don't really jive with it but like maybe they'll keep me in mind for something later on and like that's a it's a a, a semi healthy attitude to have but it it kind of it erodes your enthusiasm a little it can erode your enthusiasm a little bit and you can you got to be super i've had to be super careful about that right right so now, do you only act right now, or are you writing as well? I'm writing as well. So that I had a big realization like a couple of days ago, where I was like, uh, I was like, okay, wow, coming up on, um, coming up on ten months in LA. Uh, I came out here for school, uh, and I left after. Oh, so full long story short, I left after the first semester of of this two year program because it was basically a carbon copy of everything I did in undergrad. And I was, and I was like, ah, oh, no, I, I can't, I can't devote this amount of time to review. I, I want to grow. I want to be challenged. And if I'm not being challenged, I could be, I could at least be using my time to network or to just figure myself out as a person. Cause like when you're just so, you know, I'm guilty of inundating myself with, with work either if it's assigned to me or it's self-imposed and i was like okay i need to like yeah i need to figure out who i am and not just like oh i'm an actor and this is like the only thing i do with my life exactly so i um i had this like clear clear thought the other day of like wow all of my friends in la want to make our own stuff that is like a uniting thing of like everybody who moved out here wants to do film and tv and in the last couple months I've, since the new year everyone was like all of a sudden I, I, so i've been writing these scripts and i've been writing short films and stuff um and i wrote i've written a couple of features that are oh my god they are rough they're they're the roughest first drafts ever but like i've i've that was a kind of empowering to finish you know you, you get empowered when you finish things but i was like okay i'm in la people want to make things 
let's make some stuff. Right. And, and that got like, me really even, excited. I was just like, okay, here yeah. we go. Even if it yeah. fails, like, it's still, I don't know, like, I've kind of got to the realization that um, even if it fails, you still need to make it because you will learn from it. Yeah. And next time you'll make it better. And uh, yeah, I want to, and so I've seen your, I've seen your short that you made, uh, I guess it was last year, which I loved. Thanks, I man. still love that. Um, how, I would love to hear like, what was the, did you, were there other failed, there were um, unfinished or failed projects before that, that, that uh, helped you get to that, to get to your. Yeah, essentially, essentially like, um, the, that was the short that you saw was like the second short that I made short that I made and the first mm -hmm. one I actually made in Chicago and it was like the year um, the year when I realized that like the work that I was doing doesn't really suit me and I realized that it's not me and I want to make something that is me and that is interesting to me um, so I, I wrote this short it was very it was more about, it wasn't about the story, it was more like, I'm going to write a role for myself because nobody's giving me the role that I want. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I wrote the role for myself. I also uh, got a couple of my friends from acting class and wrote the parts for them that I felt would be interesting for them to play. You know, and I asked them like, hey, if you, you know, if you want to improve this, if you want to give some notes of like, you know, if it's something that you want to play, let me know. And essentially, it would be like a project where everybody collaborated and everybody got some kind of thing for their reel. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So we made this short film. It was like three locations. And it was like the toughest thing. And I feel like every every independent project that you do will be like the toughest thing that just pulls, <laughs> pulls the energy out of your life. But it's rewarding awesome. in the end. Uh, but anyway, so I did this. I did this short film. Uh, and it's essentially about this like Russian spy um, who um, who's like a sleeper spy in U.S. and he um, he has to do oh, this with the parking garage. I've seen this. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, the first one. Yeah, this was awesome. <laughs> Thanks, man. The, the well, color palette is is sinister. I love that. Well, color, yeah, yeah. Like the production wise, it was really good. It was just like mm, you know when you when you're all excited and then you realize that you yourself did some things like didn't do enough work on some things. I don't know. I feel like oh, for yeah. me, it was just a growth mm -hmm. project and I still have footage from it and I still have it in my reel, you know, but, but yeah, that was the first one. Um, like and that was an experience to get some other things done. And like to, you, you were prioritizing a few other things maybe. And, uh, rather than like a holistic, right. And like, I was so I was so naive to I'm like oh this is my short film I you know I can do this in a week it took me three months <laughs> incredible wow that's, that's I know that's yeah uh, and it was just like but it was a great learning experience because we had you know it was the first time I worked as a writer director and um, it was very hard to um, it was like one of those failure experiences where you realize how how you work and how other people work and how you need, you need to find your balance um, and not mm -hmm. to push on people, not to give them like crazy deadlines and realize they have a life. And I was just like, I realized a lot of things about myself and how do I need to change my work 
process so I don't hurt other, other people, you know what I mean? And uh, there was, like, a lot of lo location drops, uh, like, uh, actor wouldn't be able to make it in a certain day, like, making, like, managing schedules. So it was definitely a learning experience. And then the next one, which was the short that you're talking about, it's called The Assistant. It's currently in the um, um, short film circuit, uh, film festival circuit. But uh, essentially that one, I was just, I moved to St. Petersburg, Russia for a year. And when I was there in the beginning, I didn't know anybody. I met this guy at this bar, and he was a photographer. And um, like I came, I came to work at this job, and I was training. And I met this guy, and and we really got along. Talked about films, and and I was like, well, I'm writing this uh, short film. So uh, he helped me shoot it. It was just me and him, and he was shooting. Uh, I was like producing, directing. He was literally holding the mic, the camera, uh, sometimes the lights. And out of this whole thing came the short film, which also made me learn a lot of things and realize a lot of things. Wow. That's so interesting. So you went, so it, in, in some ways you kind of like, you had to go back to base. It, it, did you, were you going like back to base? Was this like less resources than exactly? Yeah. And it was just, it Whoa. was, it's so weird because, um, I don't know. I have this, like you talked about, you know, that you're a planner and I'm also a planner and you know, I, I'm still learning how to deal with the fact like that plans sometimes fail and sometimes like what you want to do is not what's going to happen. And uh, I'm really, I like to control everything. So, you know, I rely on other people, but then, you know, something falls through. And the next time I'm like, well, I just, I'd rather do it by myself where I'm accountable and I will do, it will take me longer. Uh, it'll be more, it'll be harder, but I will get it done the way I want to get it done. And nobody will like drop out on me. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just really like I feel like it's just really hard to find dependable people, especially at the level where you can't pay them. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, like, hey, I have some friends. Let's do this short film. Oh, yeah. But you're not really paying me. So like I have other commitments and it's very hard to find a crew that will do that for you. It's it's so much like I think the the whole it's who you know thing. It comes down to trust. Yeah, and it's with you answered those emails when I like, can I can I trust that if my scatterbrain answer like sends you an email at, like at a crazy time where I don't expect you to answer, will you do your best to you know to like get back to me as soon as you can? Right. Yeah, and try try to figure out a way to make it like better next time and to learn from your mistakes. Yeah, but yeah, essentially, essentially, it's just like. I feel like every project I do is just gets less and less crew instead of more and more. It's so funny. You're going to be doing a one-man show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's just, it's so weird because, well, and I, like I personally brought it on myself because I keep moving and like just life happens to you and you move and you, you know, I know I knew a bunch of people in Chicago that would help me, but then I moved and I need to build that network again and then again. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's it's very difficult. But uh, anyway, so I wanted to ask you about the last project that you did, the Sad Orangutan project. So how did that how did that come about? So that came about. Uh, it was 
I guess pretty procedurally. I saw a post on Actors Access and I auditioned um, knowing I've done a couple graduate theses in the past. And this one was, uh, I was like, what is this premise? Okay, I'm definitely, I'm definitely intrigued. And it's the whole idea is in LA a couple of years, a couple of years ago, it was really in vogue to have pet orangutans. And uh, these would be like the, the the rich and famous people had like who had multiple pets, but they just had these like little baby orangutans running around. And eventually they'd, you know, who knows what they happened, probably would go to some um, zoo, hopefully. And uh, wait, that's a real thing. Or, like people have orangutans as, as pets. I think I hope it was short lived, but like um, our director and writer Grant, like a couple of years ago was just like, yeah, when I moved to L.A. to go to school, like that was like the hot new thing was to just have these like pet orangutans. And I'm like, no, that's not real. He's like, no, that's, that's real. So imagine if they like grew. So like some orangutan living in Brentwood or Beverly Hills, who's had everything handed to him his entire life grows up and has to enter the workforce. And is just like completely disillusioned, depressed. And uh, so the story begins um, with, my character who's a we're all these me and my best friends are these orangutan human hybrids we're all the adopted children of of posh la families and um i'm in therapy and <laughs> <laughs> i'm sitting there in a therapist's office and the therapist is like you know you need to participate and i'm like what are you talking about i participate and uh and it's like no you need to do something you can't just like pay for therapy and uh, it kicks off this like misguided introspection. And I'm like, if we're, and so my character Walden is just like, doesn't he, his mom's recently died and he doesn't know how to sort through emotions and change and grow at all. But he, cause he, everything has kind of happened around him and for him and, and uh, um, so he decides to do the most drastic thing possible, which is, for him and his friends to rob a bank. Oh, it's, and, it's you know, it's logical. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, there's what, a, what, what, what's like, an okay, orangutan to do, you know, in that situation? What do you got to do, man? Oh, uh, what are you going to do? You know, you got to get a pay for bananas and matcha tea someplace. Um, <laughs> well, that's cool. So, so how are you finished with the project or are you still shooting? Yeah, we, we wrapped, um, I think, oh God, like a, about a, a month and a half ago. So we we shot for, it was a six day shoot in, um, in the beginning of March. Mm -hmm. um, so I had to, it was a really, it was a cool, I got really into the prep and I kind of, I kind of smothered the script a little bit. And there, I was like reading it every day, multiple times, every day, writing something, making a note, looking at, um, and like, I, I, I loved it. And I hit it really hard from the second I got cast, which was like in January, at the end of January. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it got to the point where I was like, okay, I need to get, I, I would just like look at the script and all of a sudden the mind trash would just descend. And I'm like, I need to get a break. So um, I did take a couple of days off where I didn't look at the script at all. But by the time we got to shooting, I kind of landed on, on this guy, on this, on this character. And, um, it was a it was a six day shoot we had heavy heavy prosthetics and me being the lead was like meant that mine had to be immaculate 
because of all the close-ups. So right. we had at least three hours of makeup every morning. Wow. Um, for six days straight, and that was it. I, it was a that was so that was that's my first. Exp- I've had I've done fake blood. I've died. I've had to you know. Um, I've done lots of I've done crazy things on shoots and and been freezing and and boiling and and it, but just uh acting in prosthetics is is a really interesting um art and it gave me a lot of appreciation for that side of the the industry because it's 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 the it becomes about the eyes and your gestures and right and that was like the actual thing that I wanted to talk to you like because I feel like you got your start in theater, right? Uh, pretty, I yeah, it's kind of kind of a mix of theater and then like really goofy short films. Okay, I was just like, it's like a standard question, but it is still like valid and interesting that like, what is the difference for you between uh, theater and between camera work? Because I don't know, for me, it's just there's a huge difference, and there's a huge like emotional difference. There's a huge uh difference in in like playing and how you feel and you know but yeah just talk to me about that oh that's such a that's such a hard that's such a great question it's hard to um to nail it down specifically but like the yeah you know you're when you're on stage there's just so you're constantly you're constantly being that person you're always being that person you're not being that person every you know for 20 seconds and then stopping the way you might on a on a film set sorry to all those people who are like in character at all times on film sets i've also done that it's uh it's miserable it, you can on this last on this on on satarang attendance rob a bank i was pretty miserable because my character was depressed um but the it seems like to me it seems to me that with theater it's you're you're aware of it's it's a weird your your body is doing things and your 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 brain is is actively shutting out the audience that are that are these human beings that are also in the room with you that are um they're just there they're it's it's uh I love theater because it feels really alive and you get the goosebumps and stuff. When um, when you're on set, you have to, you just kind of relax and it's a, it's a different feeling. I'm not doing this all justice, but like the people talk about stillness and just settling in and letting all those, all those thoughts and um, impulses just let them, uh, just exhale them right you know you're 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 you don't have to worry about projecting i remember having like an argument with my dad about um when i was like first getting into acting like we were watching a movie and uh and i was and i was like yeah no this is this is true and he's like well what are you talking about and i was like well like you know they're whispering right now and uh on stage you don't like you whisper but you have to whisper like loudly. Yeah, like, you stage whisper. Yeah, he's like, but yeah, you gotta. But no, but the, and my dad being an opera singer, everything is big. Everything like so he's totally uh, he's he's you know like he's on stage shouting in a song and meant to be whispering, 
And right. like, I'm like, no, the, I was like, no, 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 you don't like, you, you're yelling and you're pretending to whisper. And he's like, I don't see the problem with that. And I'm like, well, I, yeah, I do. And like, I was, it was this really, I'm like, I'm like 16 or 17 trying to argue about something I've just discovered. And like, I can't articulate it at all, but there's, um, you can be in on film, you can be lifelike or even less, or I mean, it's, or, you know, you can sometimes even a lifelike response seems too big and that's, what's crazy. And on, yeah. And, and it's, it's so weird because, you know, in, in, in theater, you have this like freedom to express yourself fully. Like you can move your body, you know, you can, you can be fully in character, like the whole show, you don't need to break, you know? So like, every moment flows into the next moment so so nicely but in camera work it's like i feel like the less you do <laughs> the better yes yeah it's like with camera you're you can do less and if with 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 with, with the with theater it's lifelike or more like it's a uh, you have everyone has to see this and like you have to work a little bit harder to make sure everyone else is is getting what the director um what the director and you worked on whereas in film you've got the director you've got the editor you've got sound everyone is there you just if you provide it they will get it and you just trust that and it's like it's so hard because i feel like in in theater you know the the production team does all the work beforehand you know what i mean like mm-hmm. there's no work being done when you're on stage so yeah. y- you can just like it all relies on you you know the costumes are done the set is done the lights are done everything is good it's all on you to do the best you can but like on film it's such a collaborative effort constantly you know what i mean where you're sitting and they're getting the lights ready. They're getting the camera ready and, and they're trying to figure out the angle. So there's not really a time, you know, then everybody does this work for like an hour and gets it perfect. And it's your job to do a perfect take. <laughs> and it's like, mm-hmm. it's so weird of that contrast. Yeah. Yeah. You did. You really, you just summed it up perfectly it's it's the it's it's collaboration but it's also it's waiting until you're needed and it's because there's so many there's so everyone's working on something around you and you can't ever feel like oh i'm being ignored and you're because you're not you're just you're it's not you're not up at that yeah it's just like it's you're you're not up yet it's not your turn yet yeah yeah so that's i i love i love being on set and uh, because you can just observe you just watch and you just absorb if you if you if you truly love if you love the product like you love film and, and on camera and just like oh my god it's a, it's a joy to just watch it all come together right and then when they're like okay we need you to step in you're like hell yes cool <laughs> let me help you out here right well it's like and it's like it's your job to prepare as well when they're preparing mm-hmm. it's your job to have that preparation and then just like relax in that moment and let go of all of the like pressure of 30 people waiting on you to do the best that you can. 
and that's what's in, and that's what the, i mean everybody talked about the theater training coming into play like you need a good theater base before you do film because you have to do the prep beforehand you can't be showing up to the day and being like how do i say this word and it's like no dude read a dictionary like you know like look at look yeah look like, it up uh but like everyone else is doing their pre their their prep but they can only do so much without being in the space you as the actor your space is your mind and then you get to and then you get to the and your mind and your body and your character and then you just you you're placed in the space and that's when you get to play right so, or like you get to in yeah yeah right sorry no you're good it's 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 a deep topic man yeah um, super i was gonna say it's super deep yeah and the last yeah. thing i wanted to talk about is like the actual process and like what school of acting do you subscribe to and what is your process of preparing for a character because i know for everyone is you know everyone is different awesome okay so this this well, this is awesome because I get to go back and t we can talk about London a little bit, right? Um, and how that that kind of that because it really affected like everything, the way I approach like any any role um, on camera, um, theater, uh, not so much improv. Improv is something, but I definitely learned a lot from improv. Um, when I was in London, we had uh, I went to this I went to the London Dramatic Academy, which is a, a program um that works in conjunction with uh Loyola with um Cornell uh Occidental College here in California Fordham in New York and they sent uh, various schools around the U.S. send their send students to this to this uh program and um it's essentially it's a glimpse what's crazy is it's a glimpse into um the the English style of theater education and in and in the UK, in uh, theater is a craft. It is. It's you go to drama school the same way you go to um, honestly med school. It like it goes. It you go to three years of a drama school instead of going to college usually, and 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 but like that is your vocational training. It's not like he, here we have um, we've you we you do you can do a bachelor's degree in your field which is the, for me it was theater so i had a liberal arts education that where i was exposed to a lot of stuff with my emphasis my personal emphasis being theater you can also go do you know your you can get your bachelor's of fine arts or your uh bfa which is like a slightly more conservatory style experience but even that it's four years in in the uk it's like okay we're gonna do you are not doing anything from nine to five, Monday through Friday, besides acting and go. And that was so much fun. So we had, um, so from that, the stuff we were kind of exposed to a smattering of things. So we were getting a little bit of Meisner. We, um, uh, we didn't really know it at the time. We did a lot of Shakespeare. We did, uh, we got dialects and voice and speech and theater history. Um, things you know education type things but i was getting the thing i latched on to was um i guess the stanislavski approach of the seven questions and um developing my character through 
character thoughts. So journaling is really big for me. We, we did some Laban stuff as well. And some image animal work was really huge. Uh, animal work, like I, for theater, I think is, is crucial because it goes back to just being in this other state. You, you are, you are a character that is, that is, yeah. I mean, if you take a, a, a photograph of me on stage, oh, it's David and he's wearing a top hat and a vest, you know, like he looks like he looks different, but it's David. But when the idea is that when you're watching an actor on stage, they are not moving like themselves. Mm-hmm. They are not, they are not, that person is different and has changed. So, and works super great for theater, I think. Um, so I think my process, I, I try, I try to do something physical as much as I can, but it come for me the the process is like coming down to um is asking myself the really really tough questions nailing down like and cultivating um breaking down forming up breaking down forming up this character of like what what story is this telling what speaks to what speaks to me what pulls my heartstrings um yeah right because it has to relate to you yeah, it's gotta it's gotta connect. I'm learning that like there's a lot of uh, controversy over imagination versus um, uh, personal experience, um, like with the different method approaches and mm-hmm. Stella Adler and, and stuff. And and there's there's a mixture there, but I think it just whatever you decide to try, and I think it's just trying different things. But you gotta just find this stuff that like that um, that lights your inner fire right that works for you because like sometimes you have a scene that you even lived through uh like i don't know for example like Mm -hmm. i I don't know on top of my head like you're getting your tooth pulled and you're supposed to be in like agony and you went through that experience you know what what it feels like but Mm -hmm. for some reason it's just not working for you but like if you imagine something else i don't know like somebody's pinching you or whatever or another pain that you felt and that surprisingly works better than the actual experience that you went through and that Uh just works on you and i think that's so like substitution like that is so fascinating because sometimes and i guess it depends on how long you're doing it and how strong the memory but sometimes those images fade and sometimes they don't right yeah like sometimes they work yeah like sometimes the stuff just keeps working yeah and it, it and you're like and maybe yeah if you keep going long enough it doesn't but i'm like i'm just uh that's what's exciting about acting is just like you can if you just keep uh keep cultivating your soul and like that and like diving deep like that it's so fun right all right um so this is all the time we have right now thank you so much man uh like i said all the links below to your work Thank you so much. Uh, hope Hope LA is gonna work out great, man. Dude, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for bringing me on. I can't tell you how much it means. How much it means to me. For sure, man. <laughs>